you are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network one of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions we do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads but on a case-by-case basis if you're interested in that contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Hey, Frank. (laughs) What's up, Bradley? You know, a lot of people and a lot of philosophers even say silence is golden. But if you got a beautiful enough musical piece or speech, that's gold to my ear. Oh, Bradley, you, you 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 never let me down. You are never you never let me down. You are one of the few consistent things in this life, and I treasure it. I treasure you. Thank you. That's really nice. You know the writer of this film. My name is Bradley Martin, and we're going to be talking about Golda, Helen Mirren as Golda Meir. That that is why I jumped on this. I love Helen Mirren. Writer Nicholas Martin, director Guy Native. This is Golda's time during the Yom Kippur War, which really started in 1973. Golda Meir being the Prime Minister of Israel. And their, that particular war was a conflict with uh, Egypt. Like most biopics, she's at a hearing, and the hearing wants to hold her responsible for her actions, like a hearing does. So she retells the account of her decisions, which may have led to thousands or hundreds of thousands of people slaughtered or the opportunity to peace in that land. And uh, I guess it's up to the viewer to decide or the historians. I don't know too much about this history, which is another reason why I jumped on this biopic with me to discuss someone who always seems to know more about history than I ever give him credit for. Frank is with us. Oh, that was me? Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you knew a lot about the White House plumbers, dude. I, well, I did. I, I, well, I love Watergate. I, the 70s are crazy, man. So I, <laughs> 70s history, I just, uh, I dig. It's like candy for me. And someone who would never shoot anybody unless it's with a camera. TC is with us. <laughs> Funny enough, I know a lot about this conflict in this part of the world, so... Uh, yes, uh, with a camera, with a camera only. <laughs> and someone who knows a lot about governing bodies and how to respect the people by the people and for the people. And I always, always appreciate his opinions on these types of films. Elliot is with us. From the river to, s- to the sea, Elliot's me. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, like I said, it's a trope, but she's at a hearing and recounting the horrors of that conflict. Not a bad trope, but it's been done. Very recently with Oppenheimer. <laughs> exactly. And what she retells, Helen Miller and as Golda Meir, is a lot of brutal decision-making, um, 
a lot of reactionary faces to the horrors of war and not a lot of answers, but I'm a simple person. I have no answers for this conflict or what she should have done. All I felt was sympathy because I, it, this is beyond my thinking. I walk my dog to the post office, people. I can't, I can't make decisions about a war. I'm going to walk my dog after, after, after we get out. After this. <laughs> there are no answers. This war has been going on for millennia. This is thousands and thousands of years. I think one of the things that really um, was great, because there are no answers. You, you both are right, but there, there are, in lieu of answers, there are reasons. This film looked at uh, every decision that was made was was depicted as being made with the utmost um, weight and gravity of the, the situation. And I don't think that anything here was shortchanged. I, I did appreciate that a lot. Yeah, very good. Agreed. Uh, Elliot, do you have any thoughts on the way this particular event in history was filmed and uh, told through this lens? Uh, is there a limit to how many times I can say Zionist propaganda? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if if that's not the al- opening salvo for my review. S- um, since it's you, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is just that. This is This is propaganda straight out of Israel. This is a complete like revisionist history of the Yom Kippur War, uh, totally whitewashing Meyer's administration. I mean, she has, uh, thankfully dead now, but she has a lot of blood on her uh, dead hands. Mm-hmm. Um, as a movie, I think this is fine. It's it's really nothing more than fine. I, I, I do appreciate a biopic that is just focusing on one event and not trying to cover something. Right. Yeah, I think, 100%. Right? That, that, that's the trend now, because I think that the cradle to grave is just such a... Uh... Has such a Wikipedia feel to it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like it, 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 and it's exhausting, and and it's also they're also not that well done cinematically, either. Yeah, and uh, you know that being said, there's so many like weird stylistic choices in here to really heighten the tension. Uh, a lot of Dutch angles, a lot of like sort of low level surrealism that I would say on the whole didn't really work for me that well. Yeah, it's I, kind I, of average in that kind way. Of, yeah, kind of very average in that way. Yeah, it's well, my oldest kids thought it was a TV movie. I had that thought as well. Elliot, you bring in a very fair point, and actually, I'm coming from a similar perspective as you, knowing the history of this part of the conflict, Golda herself. I already have information coming from a Palestinian perspective versus this very <laughs> different perspective where. The history that I am aware of and have learned about comes from gold as the enemy. Gold is a, a an enemy of the people. And so to see a movie where it's spun, where she's this reluctant, heroic figure, it does feel propaganda-ish. And, and to put this into perspective, because the Israeli conflict, the Palestinian conflict, that this part of the world really has been fighting for thousands of years. There are no clear-cut answers. It It, it is endless. But to just to create a perspective of what this movie is doing and how you view it is going to be like, how do you guys think Japan feels about the movie Oppenheimer? How do you think they feel about a movie that is making a hero out of the man who built the bomb that changed the face of the world quite literally? They're going to experience Oppenheimer as a completely different film 
than us over here, which have a very American perspective of it. So the the thing I had to do in watching this is like, okay, I need to judge this movie as a dramatization, as a film, and I need to try to take as much history that I know out of the equation and then critique the film. And that was a, a juggling act. How do you think you did with that? Because I don't know, because I, I have the luxury of not knowing a lot about this type of history. and I, I don't carry anything with me into the film. Mm. So I could see it just as a film. How, how do you, how, how was it for you? Was that a struggle? Like, could, could, like, like, can you legitimately say that you separated? Uh, yes, I, I can as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, step back and go, okay, let's tell this story through this lens. Cool. And now how, how do I rate it? How do I analyze it? But it wasn't an easy task because I know so much about the, the Palestinian conflict. The word Palestine is never even, est- never even uttered in this film. Now, granted, this is focusing specifically on the Yom Kippur War, which had more to do with Egypt. But the, yes, the they bring up fact, Egypt constantly, and I, this is the first time I've heard Palestine from it. Just yeah, talking with yeah. you guys, and and that's that's just more about like the very singular story they're trying to tell through a very singular lens about a very singular human being. So, okay, well, maybe it's not worth talking about other aspects of this massive conflict, uh, but. At the same time, because this is centuries and centuries and centuries of conflict, it's it's it does feel like, oof, revisionist is hell if you're not going to acknowledge A, B, C, and what, and so on and so forth. And I, I believe Elliot's coming from a similar. Henry Kissinger walks in at one point like like Grandpa Munster, you know, <laughs> and the film is like, oh, it's good old good old Uncle Henry. Oh, Uncle Henry, boy, here. glad he's here. And it's, I mean, you know, so. Yeah, I, I, which by the way, I gotta say, I think that um, Lee of Schreiber. I, I, I really, I, I yeah, exactly. I thought he was really great. I think I would have liked to have seen him in more scenes. I know that that their relationship is not the point of this film, and um, it's about something very different. But uh, oh my god, he was great. I thought they had great chemistry together together in their very limited amount, amount of screen time. Oh well, you know, I mean, yeah, uh, the, the movie brings in Kissinger and does not sort of interrogate him or or that relationship really at all um and it and that does kind of make it hard to to separate the movie from the politics of it um uh you know even even if um I agree Lee Lev Schreiber is doing a great job and the dynamic between the two of them is great the movie is 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 constantly lying to you <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at you really but, but it's I'm true it's at, true i'm laughing at my ignorance but that that's that's not fair to say ignorance it's just you didn't know what, what would I, you I, call I, it i guess it just feels being to call you ignorant but but also at the same time you're also only meant to judge what's on the screen yes yeah and um you know not like um i think to to approach it and sort of like well this actually happened uh, you know However many months earlier. Sure. I mean, what what, what are you going to do with that in this experience? It's not it's not going to make it any better for you. I just, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's what's in front of you for better or worse. That's the only thing that's worth um, picking apart. I'm actually interested in Bradley and Frank your perspectives on this coming in and seeing it strictly as a film that you don't have. You're not coming in with information, so uh, that. Well, you, well, I mean, because you don't have information. I don't know about you, Bradley, but there's not like I I, I mean. In terms of taking sides, a pro or against, I mean that that that's not really something you can do. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, harp on t- 
today's critics and people watching things with today's lens and all that bullshit. But anyways, sure. um, <laughs> no judgment, but, but it's bullshit. Continue. No, no, no. But I, no, but I think in the old days you have like you're meant to like have like a healthy distance from what you're watching. You're you're meant to engage with it to a point, but there are supposed to be like a specific amount of distance that allows you to um, judge it, you know, objectively. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of people now, there's that, a lot of critics now, they're like, well, this hurts my heart type of mentality, and I just, I just can't with that. Yeah, you have to look at this strictly as a film, and, and I'm willing to do that. Exactly. As, as a film, Helen yeah. Mirren is a master class. Like, you cannot, this woman well, is at the top okay, of her game well, all the time. Um, I'm gonna. No. <laughs> I I like Sorry. this better uh, than I like this better than her portrayal as Thatcher. Honestly, well, she didn't play Thatcher. Did it was she? Meryl Streep. Oh, Meryl Streep played Thatcher. No, that's how good and Meryl Streep is. She does a great Helen Mirren. <laughs> and, then, and then, but I think that I don't know. I, I was thinking about this, and it didn't occur to me to now that like I, I just Helen Mirren playing real people just, just is is n- not good. Hmm. I don't know how else to say it. Um, I don't want to say such base terms. You didn't like the Queen. No, but, I loved the Queen. Um, but the, but but she's doing what she did in the Queen. Essentially, she's walking around thinking about the situation she's in. Yeah, um, it works it, for me. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's it, there's there's nothing. There's no difference between when she played for for me. Not a much difference. There are some nuances in there, but there's not much difference between when she played the Queen, when she played Golda Meir, when she played Alma Hitchcock. 10 years ago or whatever. Okay. Um, I, I, I think that I don't think she can completely disappear into the real person she's portraying. Lynn Cohen, in two minutes uh, in Munich back in 05, played Golda Meir in a, in a much more revelatory light than Helen Marion did in this entire one hour and 40 minutes. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. Valid. No, I, I respect yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, but but I I do agree with you. I think I think she struggled in this role, um, and I would just add like you know there's a controversy about um, Bradley Cooper doing a fake nose for his Leonard uh, Bernstein movie. Sure, sure, yeah. sure yeah. Like, the nose in this movie was was I would like ten times worse. <laughs> yeah, it she's like, unrecognizable. Yeah, it was it was silly putty. Which by the way, that whole Bradley Cooper thing is so stupid. The anti defamation <laughs> league said we don't care. They finally said we don't care. It's just shit stirs at this point now, so whatever. You but, should uh, always wait till but, after the movie but, to, but well, ideally, to but poke at prosthetics. You know? <laughs> but yeah, but who Nicole wants to Kidman that in the hours. But, if people would have ignored but, but, but that stupid one, nose, they'd enjoy the movie. But right. this one, Bradley was this one was like a like a mound of silly putty on Helen. Sure, it, yeah, it, I could it, tell. It I could was, tell she was like, in prosthetics. I mean, back to my childhood. Yeah. Now the stunning Helen Mirren. I'm just kidding. Let's, <laughs> let's get into our hey, final no, thoughts here. No, she's good. She's good. Otherwise, I, mean, oh, I, I have no. I have no segue. I, I bombed that segue into my final thoughts. Um, I liked. I liked her in Calendar Girls. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I really so did. Hot. I really so did. Yeah. And that's a beautiful story. Well, okay. And it's it body positive. T C your final thoughts. And, and it's not. It's 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 not ageist either. It's you know it, pro. Dude, we're, me and you are in the same frequency here. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I had a, uh, a critic older than me once say you can tell a lot about a movie by how much you talk about other movies when discussing the movie you're supposed to be talking about. And the fact that we just went on a Calendar Girls tangent tells me a bit of how Frank might at least felt about this movie. Look, there's no denying that Helen Mirren 
is an incredible actress. There's a good chance this will come up in discussions for nominations, but maybe not because of the volatile nature of this conflict and this topic. This is a very touchy subject for some people and understandably so. Narratively, it's hard for me to root for protagonists when they are leaders who sit in a room and look at maps with tiny toys on it and then send tens of thousands of people, eager, innocent, stupid, or a zealot, to just go die for the greater good. Because I'm always left wondering, who's greater good? It's so easy for someone to sit in a room and make decisions, and they might have deep, deep conflict over making these moral these moral decisions and whatnot, but they still are sending people to die. Why? And, and I don't think this movie gives any sort of answers or explores that in such a way where, where we can understand the, what the filmmakers are trying to say, other than the fact that they are telling the story about Golda and that she is a hero to a certain type of person and how conflicted she was in what she did. There's a lot, of ideas and everything just clashing together. And I'm trying to put my historical baggage aside to just look at this strictly as a movie. So as a dramatization, this just simply wasn't compelling enough for me to sing its praises. It's well made. It's, it's well acted, but it's missing some key elements that would turn this into an extraordinary film that would turn this into an Oscar buzz film. As it is, it's just this, propaganda piece and and unfortunately it's just all it is to me uh, i'm gonna give this a five out of ten cigarettes per scene <laughs> oh i knew someone had to do it like yeah someone had to do it so, so, somebody somebody had to do it yeah yeah elliot your final thoughts uh yeah i'm pretty much right there with you tc i thought this was you know just as a film fine it's fine it's got some pretty good acting especially from I mean, I think Mirren does do some decent acting, even if she's kind of struggling. I think Schreiber is probably the standout. Um, I don't think there's anybody else in this piece that is recognizable at all, um, which kind of shows you what this movie is. It is a, it, you know, 20 years ago, this would have been on TV, um, but now it's on streaming, or I presume it's going to be on streaming. And I, yeah, I don't necessarily see this going for the Oscar, certainly not any of the like best picture categories or anything. And I just, this doesn't strike me as the kind of thing that is going to net Mirren a, a acting nomination. Um, I mean, maybe, but generally, you know, the movies that get those tend to come out post October. Um, yeah. I, as TC said, this is really just kind of a propaganda piece at the, the end of the day. It's, it's somewhat slick, you know, uh, this director clearly has a style uh, technical capabilities, but this is, um, it's just not that great. Yeah. I'm going to give this a five out of 10 fade to, uh, maps moving <laughs> over the screen. <laughs> a lot of fades to maps. Yeah, there are Frank. Um, yeah, well, I'm kind of a uh, neutral on this movie, which is, um, I always say is the worst position to be in if you're reviewing something. To have no, no real strong reaction is kind of um, a real shame. <laughs> um, but I, it's funny you say that this could have been like a cable movie back in the day. I feel like this could have been a play. Um, really, it feels a, a bit stagey and closed off. And admittedly, at times, this feels like it's uh, because it wants to be a character piece. And it is, for the most part, a character piece. Um, and it does have a sense of intimacy. 
that character pieces have that i that i could appreciate but um for something that's so grand and so huge for us to be cut away from so much of um of what made it what made this event so um historic um it feels like it feels like a real disservice i know but to constraints and whatnot this is bleaker street i mean come on um i do appreciate that we spent a lot of time exploring her mental state um throughout uh throughout the film um and the different sides uh but her mental state when it came to war you know whether it be the the personal the strategic um the political um whether or not you you agree with them they were all uh they were all checked off um and also her own mortality i thought that was that was perhaps the most interesting part uh of the film for me because it was you know obviously it's the most human this was just okay it it it's it's just there it's just there and i hate saying that about anything i think that's just really the worst praise i can give something um so yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and give this uh six and a half out of ten um times you see jimmy carter on the screen because he's still with us god bless him and he's gonna be 99 in october and um not not got much longer to live but you know no he's going century club it happens so. I, I, I know i love him i got my i got a, his face on a stick on the back of my car so, yeah. <laughs> love you president Jimmy Carter. Carter on the back of frank's car <laughs> um. <laughs> so take that on the road bradley yeah. go ahead yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pretty decent pretty decent not the best pretty decent. i liked it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for me i don't know this history too well my wife knows this history a lot, and I was actually surprised about how it, it it glazes over very fast. This is a pretty short film, especially for a biopic. I think it's only 100 minutes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember when I was first starting to fall in love with her, we were watching, I think it was Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven. And that film ends on the dispute over the Holy Land remains unresolved to this day. <laughs> and my wife was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. Real, real nice, real nice to put it so mildly. And, you know, she explained a lot of the history of that to me. And there's a ton, like you said, TC, thousands of years. So, yeah, just kind of shoving all this into a 100-minute event maybe seemed disingenuous. Really, the only part where I went, oh, no, because Helen Mirren, she entrances me. And there's a lot of close-ups on those beautiful eyes of hers, that laser-like focus. But there's a scene in this movie where Golda says the perfect thing when questioned about your decisions. The perfect thing. And then she follows it up with, but do not put that on the record. And mm-hmm. my cynical mind went, oh, this is bullshit, isn't it? Oh, no. <laughs> so I appreciate, uh, Elliot and uh, TC, your points of view to say maybe that was complete bullshit there. <laughs> If you're actually interested in the history, really read about it because it is just a quickly glossed over, wash, rinse, repeat film. The Horrors of War. Did you see them? I did, and they were horrible. And we repeat that like six times. And it's effective. I think it's effective. But if you want to actually learn, then go out and read. Support your local library. I'm giving this six out of ten more years you could have lived if you just stopped chain smoking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bradley, what's really funny is the other stick on my car is a sticker that says read banned books. <laughs> That's oh. awesome. <laughs>
Carter, read banned books. Uh, well, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we're we're kind of in a groove right now, and we're probably the most qualified to do this. Do you want to solve this Middle Eastern crisis? Like, do you guys the conflict? I think we might be able to come up with some some ideas right here. Let's just. I mean, I, I mean, I gotta walk the dog. Okay, okay. Sure. When you get back from walking the dog, <laughs> we're gonna solve this right here now. It's time to put an end to this. Six thousand years is enough. Who's with me? <laughs> <laughs>